Hello, welcome to the Axiom Podcast. I'm your host, Devin Dash. I'm here with Joey Brandon today. Good after, good morning, good afternoon. I don't know when it is. It's been it, a long day already. It has. It's 10.54 uh, a.m. I uh, won't tell the date. Do you have to guess? Um, but no, uh, what are we going to be talking about today, Joey? Today we're talking about severance packages. Uh, this comes up every once in a while, and when it does, it's always uh, kind of an urgent conversation. Like, uh, we're going to let so-and-so go. We've got to let so-and-so go. Um, and, you know, should we offer them or... Uh, we had a conversation with them yesterday, and they asked, like, right. what should our answer be? And so we thought, this this is a topic, like I said, don't run into it every day. But when you do run into it, it's it's pretty important, and maybe we can get ahead of it and get, get people thinking, uh, what should our position on severance packages be? Should we have a, an informal plan, a formal plan? Should it be case by case? You know, so that's some of the stuff we want to talk about today. Yeah, and it was really top of mind because we have a couple of clients who have had some turnover in key positions, and it's a hard market. And the conversation is, you know, how do you prevent that turnover in the, you know, before it happens? Or, you know, maybe you have a a position that tends to be tied to projects. So I'm thinking of like any home builder or you know, maybe construction firm that has larger projects that project managers are managing. Mm-hmm. Um, and a project manager would be a really key position. And you'd like to maintain the employment of your project managers through the completion of projects because you don't, you know, you might want to represent the brand well. You want to have a good solid brand. You don't want to have turnover in the middle of projects and have to add all the, you know, hours to manage the handoff of, hey, here's everything that they were doing. Now you're this new person's doing it and just the disruption that causes mm-hmm. the operations. Um, and so, yeah, we, we began this conversation looking at how do you how do you prevent it in the future? You know, how do you prevent it? How do you use them to hedge your you know protect yourself from that costly transition period of, of handing projects off or work off? Um, and you know, as we're always thinking, how can you be more strategic with something? It's a tool. Yeah. How can you be strategic with it um, so that it actually is a benefit to the people who come to work for your organization, as opposed to like you said, something that we just go, oh, we, we should probably draft something so that right. you know, this person's happy and they don't badmouth us when they walk out the door. Yeah, it, what's interesting about severance packages is they come up at different times for different reasons. So right now we're sitting here in 2022 uh, in a very, like you said, a very difficult labor market. We're in a local economy that's growing. Uh, there's a tremendous demand for all kinds of services and everybody's struggling to find enough people to get them done. Right. So that's, so severance packages in that kind of market play a different role than they might have in 2007, eight, nine, 10, when we're going through a recessionary period or roll back two years when we're going through COVID and it's like, Hey, we've got to, we've got to, to get lean and we've got to cut costs. And unfortunately this is the, the thing that we have to do and so there's two different situations and they can, they should be handled they can be handled differently even though severance may play a key part in each it plays a different role so i'll say that um you know in this market what can you do what how can you use severance uh to provide an incentive for people to stick around and that probably looks more like what we would call it's baked into a formal compensation compensation package, even in an employment agreement. So yeah. when they come on board, 
typically is when these would be signed. But if you don't have them and, and you're saying, wow, we didn't do that, there's nothing to prevent you from going back to employees who are already on the payroll, maybe have been with you for a long time and say, hey, you know, could we talk about formalizing our arrangement for your employment so that uh, I have some assurance uh, that you know, you're going to stick around, or if you decide not to, you're going to give me enough notice so that it doesn't put me in a crisis. And in exchange for that, here's some things I'm going to do for you as well. And so those types of formal employment agreements, like we we are not advising you, we are not your legal counsel, right? <laughs> right. So um, everything that we talk about today, if, it's, if you want to put something in place to deal with the situation that we have with a hard market and try to get people to stick around, you definitely want to go talk to a good contracts attorney, employment attorney, uh, who's got experience with this stuff and say, what should we put in writing and what should we keep, uh, you know, kind of informal handshake basis. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, those employment contracts, they typically also involve some kind of non-compete. Sometimes as businesses grow, they get to a point where, wow, uh, we never had a non-compete. Now we, we probably should because we've got some proprietary, you know, something or other baked in and we want that to stay here and we don't want people taking it and using it against us with competitors. And if you're going to do a non-compete, you know, one of the things that needs to, in almost all cases, accompany that, at least in Florida, to be valid is there needs to be some kind of consideration paid. Like if I'm going to sign a non-compete saying I'm not going to compete against you as my employer, then you got to give me something for that. You can't just force me to sign it or else it's not going to be valid. And that's, again, where the legal counsel side of this really comes into play. You shouldn't wing this stuff. Um you should you should consider uh, what do, what do we need to keep these people around and, and what should we put on paper? And you mentioned another area, you know, where I, I think these formal employment agreements come into play. When you're asking the person who you're going to bring on as a team member to take a considerable amount of risk, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's and we're seeing a lot of this now, move across country or move down here to Florida. And it's not just, you know, we'll cover your moving costs. Okay, great. My moving costs are going to be 10 grand, right? I mean, for this kind of position, you might be paying me a hundred or 120. So that's, you know, it's going to cost me one month to get you down here. That's not enough. You know, if you're, if you're bringing somebody all the way and asking them to take their kids out of school and move them down here, um, there probably needs to be a severance on the back end of that saying, listen, if you decide that this isn't working out, um, and you decide to let me go, like I, I'm going to need, you know, right. three, four, five, six, you know, usually the more risk that they're taking. And if you're bringing down a very senior level person, maybe to run your entire company and those companies don't just grow on trees. It's not like there's a, a really active job market for people to run 20 or $30 million companies. Right. You might be on the hook for like a year's worth of severance as part of that formal agreement. Right. So, um, so that's the formal side. Let's back up a second and talk about the informal side, which is what we typically see more of. We typically see not anything on paper. It's something that we want to do right. for this person. And that comes into play, like we talked about earlier, cases with like business slowdown. Um, if we decide that uh, we're going to take the company in a different direction, we're going to close a department or a division, and maybe we can absorb some of those people at the lower levels because – They've got skill sets that play in a different area, but at the at the more senior managerial levels, like we don't need two or three managers, you know, for this one now was now going to be one department. Mm-hmm. And so maybe there's a few people that we want to provide a soft landing for. And that's where you would come into play with more of an informal severance package. 
Yeah, it's in as as you're thinking about this, like these all sound like really bleak scenarios, right? But yeah, I don't I want to kind of they are and they can be, especially if there's some sort of recession or slowdown that's causing you to have to make these decisions. But don't see the fact that you're going to offer a severance package as merely, you know, just a transaction so that this person doesn't have, you know, totally fall on their face in a market that's slowing down or or in a, in a situation where the business is deciding to move a different direction and and cut off a division, it's it, it is also a great way to say to these these people that are yes you're letting them go. It's a great way to say, hey, we value the relationship, and we we're not saying this is the end. We want to give you a, a soft landing spot, so that if there's opportunity in the future, you know who knows maybe that new mm-hmm. division starts to grow and is able to handle more overhead and and is able to provide more jobs. Well, that's a great way to have a, a Rolodex of people that you've let go that aren't aren't mad that the sure. company let them go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, small world, as we often say, so right. a small town in this area. Like you don't want to burn any bridges. And we live in, an, in a metro area that's a couple million people. Um, and, and so, yeah, you, you want to, to, regardless of how small town you are, my point is it's all kind of a small town, especially when you start talking about within an industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, the other thing I think is that there are lots of places where these informal uh, severance packages come up that are super positive for the company. And, you know, and, and we, sh- we shouldn't gloss over the fact that for you to be able to pay somebody after they leave, you got to have some extra cash on hand, right? right? So in a lot of cases, the whole reason we're talking about severance is because, yes, we appreciate the person and what they've done, and we want to provide some continuity and a soft landing as they move on to the next position. But also, we have the means to, and we'd feel guilty in some sense if we didn't. Like so, some of the position that we're in now, they may have actually caused, you know, helped to create the financial surplus. And maybe that was even like two or three years ago, and the, maybe the department's been losing money because of some shift, and that's the decision. But we recognize that in the past, they've contributed to what we have now, and we have the means to do it and we want to. Mm-hmm. But the other side of it is that there are, there are opportunities. We're realizing this in a lot of places right now where businesses just kind of stand back, especially the more complex businesses that might have a wholesale and a retail sector or a commercial and a residential sector. Mm-hmm. And they stand back and they see tremendous growth in one side of the business and they say we want to we want to go more over there. We, we're seeing growth over here, and we're seeing stagnation over here. And so we're going to repurpose, and and we're actually choosing a path that it's not a slowdown. It's actually a speed up. It's just a speed up in a different area of the business. And unfortunately, this person's skill sets don't line up with where our need is going to be there. Mm-hmm. The other side is technology. You know, you could even in a, a twenty, or, yeah, like a ten to fifteen million dollar business. Some of the uh, workflow business applications uh, that are coming to bear where they're kind of all baked in, accounting, CRM, dispatch, ticketing, uh, customer uh, relationship, warranty tracking, all that's kind of baked in. And what what used to take like three or four people working together to keep track of all this stuff, now the software kind of automates it and we, we can see... Uh, we don't need, we need like one and a half less people to do these right. five jobs that used to take eight people. Now we can get by with six and, and a part-timer. And that might be an opportunity where you go like, man, our profits are going to go up. It'd be selfish and stingy to not, you know, try to share some of that future good with the person who's given every, everything they can. And unfortunately, we just don't have a big enough bus to provide another de- another seat for them. 
Yeah, watch out, McDonald's. I, I'm just the way my brain works. Sometimes <laughs> what you said is is you know the guess in the 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 limelight is the the commercial. I, I saw it recently, where it's robots who are flipping burgers, right? Mm-hmm. So you remove all the the kitchen staff basically because this machine, this robotics machine, flips the burgers for you, right? That's that's just a yeah. It's coming. At, I mean, we've seen it in banking. We've seen it at Walmart. You've seen it at. Uh, if you go to a Walgreens or a CVS, uh, the self-checkout, you know, I, th- the last several times I've been into those kind of smaller single-purpose stores like a, a Walgreens or a CVS, there's one person running the entire front of the store and one other person running the back of the store. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was unheard of before, but it's coming, and, and it's coming to small business too. All these automation shifts uh, are coming for our small businesses, and, and hopefully your business grows to the point where – you can repurpose those people, but sometimes you can't. And so you need to, to put these programs in place. So let's talk a little bit about what goes into them. Um, one of the, well, first let me talk about another, there's one more kind of specific case for severance package packages. I want to talk about, and it's what I would call like a voluntary severance package. And this is where, the business is undergoing a very significant shift. Uh, there's a software company called Basecamp. It used to be called uh, 57 Signals, 47 Signals, something like that. But they, Basecamp, they make uh, online kind of collaboration software. And these guys were kind of mavericks. They came out with a, a, work, a book called Rework. And, and they're very like, no meetings. You know, meetings are a total waste of time. It's, we're going to be a meetingless company. And... Mm-hmm. Uh, they did a lot of really innovative things going back the last 15, 20 years. Um, but, you know, their their culture has started to change. And there are these rumblings. I'm not going to go into all the details. You can Google if you want. But essentially, uh, they kind of sent out this memo and they said, look, this is the way it's going to be. Right? <laughs> and and they're, they're smart enough to realize when you come out with something, like I always say, like, you no good sentence ever starts with listen. Right? <laughs> you know, like, but that's kind of what they did. They said, listen, this is the way it's going to be. If, if you don't like it, w- here's a voluntary severance package. You know, we're gonna, if, so we're deciding to go this direction, and we don't expect that it's going to be okay with everybody. And it could be, could be a situation like that. It could be a situation where you say, look, we have the opportunity to move positions to other places, and we want to start taking advantage of that. But it's kind of the ball's in our court in terms of we can decide to do it fast or we can decide to do it slow. So we're just going to put it out there and let people who want out raise their hand. Mm-hmm. And here's what the program looks like. It's only good for a certain amount of time. We can't, you know, it's not open-ended. Right. But if you want, you know, and you take this, we'll provide X number of weeks or months of pay and continuing health insurance benefits and all that stuff. So that that is a kind of a third that kind of – it becomes it's it becomes formal for a time and then it kind of goes away and it's not the same as an employment contract. Mm-hmm. But so when we talk about what is in a severance package, like the most obvious thing is pay, right? Right. And you and I have talked about this, like right, a soft financial landing for people who we choose to let go a different way or go a different way. Yeah, and so when you talk about pay, how much? Right. right. Like that's exactly. the question. Like, how much do I offer somebody for severance? And yeah. uh, this is one of those answers like your mileage may vary (laughs) it's like there's no specific uh answer but there's a rule of thumb that i have seen uh be put into into place more often than not over the years and it's basically one week's 
severance for every year's worth of service. So if somebody's with you 15 years, that's give or take 15 weeks worth of severance. So now we're talking like four months of severance or something in that area. And you know, it's, it, you, you might look at somebody who's been with you for 15 years and be like, I could never do that. That's the cheapest thing. Like that would be spitting in their face. Right. Okay. Well <laughs> then obviously you know what a better answer is. It's kind of like the question of like, what's your budget? People are like, I don't have a budget. Yeah. And you're like, Oh, you have a budget, right? Cause if, when I tell you this is going to cost, you know, when I tell you this pool is going to cost $180,000, you'd be like, heck no, my neighbor just paid 45 for theirs. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So you do have a budget. It's around 45, $50,000, right? So right. When, when people say, how much severance should I pay? It's like, well, what are you willing to pay? Yeah. Right. If, if I tell you what the benchmark is, if I tell you what the rule of thumb is for people who are, you know, kind of in the position you're in as a business owner, and and you go oh that's that's not enough you know I, I mean i guess what i'm getting at is you know in your heart and you know right. in terms of what the business can afford what an appropriate amount is way better than we do way better than any any industry benchmark is i mean there have been times when i've had to let people go and my heart desired to pay them severance but i had no cash to do it mm -hmm. and they were fantastic employees but we had taken the business in a different direction it was taking a long time to get it going that way. And a couple of clients screwed us out of money and we were, you know, hurting. And, you know, going, given the direction the business was going and it was time for us to kind of make moves to get there, I had to let some people go. And I know, I know a couple of them were really upset that I didn't provide severance. I, yeah. I wish, believe me, I wish I had the money to pay you, right? Right, it it's, would, like, it's like the means to, you know, the, the desire, I guess the flesh is will, uh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is right. right. Exactly. I really would like to give you much, you know, much, but I, I either I don't have the means to, or I can't. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think I love what you said there too, which is it really gets to obviously what what practically you can um, without putting yourself, putting the business, putting other people in the business at mm -hmm. risk. I mean, God, God forbid you give somebody a really handsome severance package and you miss payroll for another employee that week because right. you didn't have the cash in the bank. Right. Um, and, and I, I think it's, I, I want to paint the picture too, a little bit with more strokes because, you know, you said one week for every year of service and there's some companies that will say one, one month for every year mm -hmm. of service. Right. And so that the spectrum really, the, the, it's not a one size fits all sort of rule. It's whatever your brand rep, you want your brand to represent mm -hmm. you as a business owner, your culture, how, how are you going to incorporate all those things into how much you're going to pay? Well, and I've seen situations, you know, just to, to cover the kind of full range, uh, there was a situation that happened you know, when I first moved to this area, uh, one of our clients was uh, bought out. And so they bought, they basically bought the operating division and they put everybody in different trucks and changed the logos and changed the shirts. Uh, but they basically ran the business out of an area just south of Tampa. And so that made, that made all of our managers redundant. It made all of our accounting and HR people redundant. It made, um, it made all of our salespeople redundant because they already had salespeople and they didn't really need any more salespeople. Mm -hmm. 
And the business owner, I mean, this was the culmination of 25, 30 years worth of work. And the business owner was taking home a really nice payday. And he gave everybody who wasn't going to get an employment contract with a new company one year's worth of pay. And he gave his, his most senior person, who happened to be the bookkeeper, who'd been with him forever, gave her two years worth of pay. And when, I, when he said that, when he told me this was his idea, um, I said, okay, so how are we going to prorate this for people who've you know, only been here a year or so? He goes, I'm not going to prorate it. If, you know, if you've been here a day, you know, he was kind of exaggerating because sure. this was like 30 or 40 days away. Um, but he said, no, he goes, hey, if they don't get a job, I'm, good. I'm never going to be able to spend all this money anyway, and that's not my goal. Mm. My goal is to honor the people who got me to this point. And some people played a bigger role and some people played a smaller role. But at the end of the day, I'm just going to give everybody a year and I'm going to give this person two. And you go, wow, that's, that's like one month's worth of pay for every day's worth of service or, you know, something right. like that. So, uh, the, you know what the answer is. Yeah. Right? So and, what, I, and I would also say like, if you don't know what the answer is, like there's a whole lot of other bases that you haven't covered that are topics for other podcasts. So for instance, if we say, can you afford it? What is paying this person 30,000 or $40,000 going to do to your cash reserves? Yep. Given the money that you expect, the, the cash flow you expect to be generated next month and the month after and the month after, like, is that going to, is that, is that two days worth of cash flow or is that our next 90 days worth of cash flow? And if you don't know that, well, you got, you know, you got bigger issues than how much severance you need to know what your cash flow situation looks like yeah. and what you should be anticipating over the next few weeks and months. What, so let's say you're, you're tight on cash in the business and you can't pay you can't give them a paycheck, mm -hmm. either a lump sum or weekly, you know, whatever that looks like to keep them on payroll. Um, what other benefits like can you include in a severance package that you can get really creative? And, and I think I see the most creativity when it is like an informal package, mm -hmm. uh, because they just take stock of what the person needs, right? They look at their life and they're like, we keep we're doing this now, we're going to keep doing this because it's going to help them. So, um, so benefits are the, like the biggest one. We're going to keep paying your health. Like maybe I'm going to give you, um, I'll pay you two months of severance, but I'll keep you on our health insurance for the next six months. Yep. And I'll pay you, you know, whatever it takes. If our, if our benefits company says you have to be on payroll, I'll pay you a dollar, you know, a right. month or whatever. Yeah. So benefits continuation uh, is a big one. The ability to continue to contribute to a retirement plan. You know, some people make their retirement plan contributions out of every paycheck. Some of them, We'll make a big one at the end of the year, and I've seen it uh, been held open. Say we're going to allow you to continue to contribute to the retirement plan th through the next year. Um, profit sharing contributions, another big one. A lot of companies will do profit share contribution, not just the three percent match, but like even money on top of that based on how well the company did. And some of them will say, "Look, it's June. Um, we're going to contribute. You know, you are responsible for the profits through the first half of the year." we're going to make a profit sharing contribution to you. We'll keep, I don't know what that is yet. I'm going to keep you on, on the active payroll register until that happens. Um, commissions earn out. So you and I see this a lot like yep. a sales salesperson. Um, and it's like, I've sold all these jobs. It's going to take a little while for him to get across the finish line and me to, to get that commission. We're going to pay you that. Or we're going to pay you a percentage of that, um, either in a lump sum or as the money comes in. Uh, phantom stock buyback is another one. So let's say that you've, I've given you phantom stock, which means kind of, I, you're not an, an owner on paper, but I treat you as an owner. So right. if you own 10% phantom stock, maybe 10% of the net income, you know, I bonus you out on each year. 
and you say, well, we're, we're still going to make good on that, or I'm going to buy that stock out as if it were actual stock in the company. We're going to value it and, and do it that way. Um, and then you get into some, some other things like just like they've been using your laptop, right? For the last year and a half, the damn thing needs to be replaced just give it to them, right? <laughs> right. Their cell phone, um, allow them to buy the car. You know, I see that a lot. Um, I've seen that with, with guys. I saw that with somebody who's actually leaving to go into competition with their employer. Mm. So I want to go start my own shop. That's great. You know, tell you what, can you give us six months? If you give us six months and help us have a soft landing, I'll sell you that truck for $2,000 and I'll sell you the tools on it for another 200 bucks, you know, incredible right. deal or whatever. But the business owner is looking at the truck being like, it's got 150,000 miles on it anyway. Right. It's fully depreciated. It's, you know, the warranty's done. We're about to start racking up repair costs. This guy could really use it. You know, the five or six grand in fair market value I'm going to give up is is worth way more to him than it is to me. And we actually have a client that did that. I think, um, if I remember correctly, they, they actually had an employee who wanted to go in, into competition mm -hmm. with them. Um, and it, they did, they did something like this and they said, look, we here, you have the truck. We want to, we want to set you off on the right foot. Wish you all the best, great success to you. And if my memory serves me correctly, this employee who left, eventually came back mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, got tired of running their own company and said, Hey, do you have a job? And what a great full circle relationship, right? right? Small world, right? Exactly. <laughs> the, the last thing is um, that I think is, is probably undervalued is bringing the full resources of the business to bear on helping that person find their next landing spot. Mm. So it's like, um, Hey, we have to let you go. It's through no fault of your own. We're just taking the business in a different direction. Um, we want to we want to provide you know some benefits for you, maybe a cash severance and benefits. But here's the other thing: I want you to go talk to John in HR. Um, I've kind of told him you're coming. He's going to help you put together your resume. Uh, you guys are going to go through his Rolodex. I'm going to go through my Rolodex, and we're going to come up with a call list of people that we're going to reach out to on your behalf and try to set up interviews. Yeah. So we want to go through that list with you so that, you know, if there's obviously if you've got favorites in there, we'll put those to the top. If you've got people that you're like, nah, I've heard some things or I know some guys and not, not too interested in that company, we'll take them off the list. But that using the, the full kind of platform of the business and the, the paid employees. I mean, that's a huge testament to your employees who stick around that, wow, like we, we're paying people <laughs> to work on a guy's resume yeah. and to make calls and get him interviews and give him company time even, you know, like, hey, you got interviews this week. We're going to take care of your, your call sheet. We're going to take care of your schedule. Um, that kind of stuff can go a long way. I, the last thing, you know, kind of we wrap up is yeah. – you gotta you gotta take this stuff kind of with a grain of salt in comparison to everything every every other way that you've treated this employee right so exactly if the severance package that you're offering whether it includes a lot of cash or a little bit of cash or just what you can do is going to be perceived and received consistent with the way that they've been treated up until that point by the same token you could put a ton of cash on the table and if you've treated them like crap, like don't expect them to walk out the door with your check in hand, like right. singing your praises. Think they're gonna, it will be perceived and it will be 
evangelize or proselytize. Like they will tell people, oh yeah, they just, just tried bought, to shut me up. Yeah, they tried, right. yeah, they bought me out. You know that like I wasn't going to give in to the man. They had to pay me to leave, and you know you're like that ungrateful. Well, you know how much gratitude did you show them for the five years or the three years or the three months that they were actually here? So yeah. like. A severance is not a substitute for them having had to put up with a bad culture and a bad boss and you know that kind of stuff. So don't expect it to cover over a multitude of sins. It won't. But for the people who who you want to honor, um, it it can be a huge it, a huge tangible way for them to feel that. And mm-hmm. I think that they'll be very very grateful. So we appreciate you listening today. If if this any of this is like sitting with you, maybe you, you're looking in the future and you have a plan and you're saying, yeah, we might have to to move and shift uh, things around in the operations and and uh, you know streamline the business in this area and, and cut costs and cut in this area. What should they do? What should our listeners do? I mean, and I'm thinking, just start having a conversation with your HR, you know, head of HR and accounting, and say. Listen, we don't have anything in place for severance packages. Yeah. Just start the conversation. Say, what can we do um, in, a, in a given sick circumstance? What's some of the base level items that we want to start thinking about and, and having in this in this conversation? What else? What else should they do if they're listening to this and they want to they want to start down this path to to be more proactive and not just not just build a severance package when you know, it's too late, you know, it's it's too late, quote unquote. There's a there's a danger in the informal practice of severance packages and that what you'll do for one person is not what you can do for others. And so I'm not an advocate of, you know, don't do it unless you could do it for everybody. That's not reasonable. But, um, usually the, the reason there's no precedent or no formal system in place is because we've only done it when we had to, and those have been fairly rare circumstances. Um, I do think it makes, I do think that you should set an expectation that if you come here and give your best efforts and if the company has done well, and if by no fault of your own, we have to go in a different direction, we want to, we want to care for you. And, and, and even to the extent you're willing to share, you know, as a general rule, that typically looks like one, one months of, of pay for every year's worth of service. The thing that I think it, it, where you're in danger of setting a precedent uh, that you don't want to is when you let somebody go for cause, mm. right? Like you're letting them go because they've been doing something wrong and then you pay them severance because you feel guilty about something else, you know, some other way you've treated them or some other way you've shortchanged them and you try to, you know, two wrongs make a right kind of thing. Right. So I'm not a big fan of paying severance when you terminate somebody for cause. I'm also not a big fan of paying severance when somebody resigns. You know, it's like the severance is for when when we have to, like I said, through no fault of your own. Mm-hmm. If you're saying, I'm going to go work over here, I'm going to choose a different industry, I'm going to choose a different competitor. Well, that's a, that's a choice you're making. And it does leave us in a lurch. Now, if you come and you say to me, this is the direction I want to go, um, and I want to move that direction, say, over the next six months or over the next year, then that's a different situation. But if somebody comes to you and says, I'm giving you 30 days or I'm giving you two weeks, yep. I'm just call me, call me mean, but I'm like, I don't feel a compunction to pay that person severance or, yeah. or any other type of, you know, it's like, I, 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 I kind of draw a harder line than some people do on that. Sure, and that sure. That's their prerogative. Um, the other place that is, uh, 
Retirement typically is not usually a situation where you pay severance. There are some special situations for that where I think sales is the most apt. Like if you if you want somebody to work hard in sales up to their last day of retirement, and normally the work that they're doing today results in them getting paid a month or two months or three months from now due to the sales cycle, well then come up with some arrangement where they have an incentive to work all the way through, and then they can enjoy the you know mailbox money for a couple months after that as their commissions come in. But I think being clear on the situations where we will and we won't, or where we should and we shouldn't be expected to pay severance is pretty important. Yeah. Great first step too. Like I said, have a, have that conversation with your, your leaders in your organization so that you at least have a baseline of what we will and won't do. Yeah. Well, appreciate you guys listening. Thanks so much, Joey, for sharing uh, about severance packages. We hope this was informative for you um, and have a great day. We'll see you next week.